morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. This is Positively, positively Different Radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Gemma, good morning. Gemma, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, Gemma, what are you thankful for this morning? Today, I am thankful for yesterday, actually. Okay. Yeah, so last night we had a games night at church. We had some new people come along, made some new friends, played some games, had a lot of laughs. It was a great time. That's cool. Yeah, That's it was awesome. really cool. Yeah, yeah, good ending to the evening. Overall, uh-huh. good day yesterday. Yeah, thankful for my friends. It was really nice. And to nice. meet some new people is always really cool. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, what um, what games were you playing last night? We played Monopoly, but it was the Newcastle version of Monopoly, which was really cool. There is such a thing? There is such a thing as a Newcastle version of Monopoly, which is really, really cool. Is there an Adelaide version? I don't know. Is there a Hobart version? There is an Australian version. I know that. But I right. don't know why Newcastle got its own version of Monopoly. But this was like the legit actual official Monopoly board game. And it like, yeah. There you go. Different places around town and different sites and different beaches. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Tons of fun. Huh. What's something that you are thankful for today? Oh, I am thankful for all kinds of things. And I had something really cool I was going to share with you. Um, and it has slipped my mind. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm thankful I'm buying a house sometime soon. Yeah, that's exciting. It is very exciting. That is cool. Um, first time buyer. There you go. No longer renting. Yeah. Be out of the rental market into the buyer's <laughs> market. The... Um, Australian government first home buyer's loan system, you know, the 5 to 5% deposit came through for us and, uh, yeah, praise God. Well, hey, There's you- actually a little bit of a testimony that goes right along with that and, uh, yeah, because Shell sort of, my wife sort of on a bit of a whim, you know, a couple of years ago started the process of getting a citizenship, came through in October, November, and we wouldn't have got it without that and we kind of walked into the bank on a bit of a whim as well and said, hey, what's the, what's the scoop with this And everything thing? just lined up And perfect. everything just lined wow. up perfectly. And five days later, like, yep, go and buy a house. Oh, praise God. Like, oh, that's so okay. good. Okay. All right. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that, but let's go do that. Um, so I've been selling stuff busily uh, in preparation to downside. This is a reminder, you're listening to the Delayed Broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Coming up in today's news, we are going to talk about the Red Mass. Have you ever been to the Red Mass? Um, I don't know what it is. Happens so, once a year, so you've probably no, never been so there. Probably not, no. Okay, so the Red Mass. What is it all about, and should it happen or not? Controversial subject. Yeah. Hey. 
trust in His righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. Welcome back, everybody. That was Tim Newfeld with Cornerstone here on Faith FM, and it's time for our question of the day. So, what have you got for us there, Gemma? The question for today is a what am I? The quiz of the day, I should say. The clue. The clue. The first clue. The question is, what am I? And your first clue is, John saw those who were victorious over the beast and his image and over the number of his name. They held this. Okay. What were they holding? If you know the answer, 1-800-324-843 is the number to call or give us a give us a text message on 0491-064-669 and there will be a prize coming your way. Are you going to have a guess? Uh, am I going to have a guess? Not right now, but possibly during this uh, segment. Okay. Anyway, Gemma, what have we got for positively different news? Cool. So, as you may or may not know, school went back this week. Yesterday oh, yes. and Tuesday were, uh, yeah, kids went back to school. And because of that and because of the, the devastation that had been happening with the fires, not only here in New South Wales, but like Queensland, Victoria, Canberra, the whole side of Australia, basically. A um, bunch of kids didn't go back to school. A bunch of kids didn't go back to school because of that. But I'm here to talk about the ones that did. Okay, so there was a bunch of kids that also didn't go back to school because they travelled to China. Okay. So if you've been to China... You don't get to go back to school for another two weeks. Oh, that's true. Yeah, coronavirus. That's very true. That's not what I'm talking about, though. Okay, all right. <laughs> you want to talk I about thought, that later? I, I thought do you want I would throw that, that, that in. Do you want to talk about yeah, that Yeah, we've got later? like, what, six cases in Australia now? Really? Across at least three states. Wow, it spread that quick. Oh, man, it is spreading like wildfire. Wow. It is absolutely. And you know, once again, the Bible talked about the spread of uh, really freaky diseases just before Jesus comes back, and this is just another one of them. It's true. It's, um, it's now spread further than the SARS virus ever spread. Whoa. So it's, it's, it's not as lethal as the SARS virus. Yeah. But it's a heck of a lot Spreading more uh, infectious. Further, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Either that or we're just traveling a whole lot more than what we were back in 2008, <laughs> which is a possibility as well. Possible, yeah. Anyway, schools, bushfires. Yeah, so there are a bunch of kids that didn't go back to school. I'm talking about the ones that did go back. And there have been so many like amazing good news stories that have come out of this because there have been schools that have been burnt down and affected by the fires, mm-hmm. right? And there are so many different stories that I found across all of the states. Man, I can understand some good news stories coming out of this because if I was uh, in school back in the day and my school burnt down, I'd be like, <laughs> yes! <laughs> More for the parents and the teachers maybe than the kids of the good news. So there's one school in particular on the mid-north coast named Bobbin Public School and basically their entire school had burnt down, so they lost everything. All of the buildings completely destroyed. Um, and to kick off the, the new year in schooling, what they've done is they've put up demountables so that the kids can go back to school. Um, and there have been like yeah, countless stories of different um, public schools all across New South Wales that have done the same thing because they've been you know so affected that the kids couldn't get into school and they've had um, government funding and things like that to be able to get new you know demountable buildings. So although it's not going to be – it's not a permanent fix – um, but it's enough at the moment that the kids can still be at school. Cause, kind of adventure. Yeah, because we're in January, right? Some of these kids are going to school for the very first time ever. Uh-huh. And, you know, their school had burnt down. So <laughs> It's like, what do we do? <laughs> maybe it's it's good news for the teachers and the parents, maybe not so much for the kids. Yeah, well, you know, hey, um, I think there'd probably be some parents who wouldn't be too freaked out by it. 
Uh, I know my mum always used to look forward to the school holidays because she's like, oh, I get to have my kids. It's yeah. kind of nice. Yeah. You know? Oh, there's one school which I found is doing this really cool thing because... Hey, yeah. Is there weird things happening? Yeah, there are weird things. I was trying to ignore it, but yeah, there are very weird things happening in my headphones. We just got a heck of a lot louder. We, we, we did, and kind of echoey. Yeah, but anyway, a little bit. Anyway. That's all, that's all fun. That's all, all part of the fun of, um, of, of, of being on a live breakfast show. It's, it's great. It's fun. It, it's all happening here. You, you know the show is live. Ooh, yep. yep. You can turn that down a little bit. That would be, that'd be <laughs> great. Popping and crackling Ew. and spitting in my ears. Oh, that's okay. a bit better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. One school. Keep There's going. one school. Okay, and what they've done, I think it's so awesome. Um, they've done a free breakfast and lunch for the kids. Right. That are coming to school to put the pressure off the parents in the, you know, the fire okay. affected community. And I think it's such a good idea. That's a great idea too, particularly in uh, low socioeconomic areas where the kids don't usually have a breakfast before they come to school. Yeah. Anyway, so now they're getting free breakfast at school, free lunch at school, you know, first week back, first couple of days. And they've also provided extra counselling on site mm-hmm. um, so that the kids that, you know, have lost family homes and, you know, people... Um, yeah, that are affected by these fires in ways that, you know, we don't really understand because I personally haven't been affected by the fires at all. So I think it's absolutely amazing what some of these schools and teachers are doing, you know, going out of their own pocket, their own money, their own expenses to put together free breakfasts and free lunches. And and this is one of the amazing. things that you often find um, in, in some areas when it comes to breakfast. And I'm super keen that the schools are providing breakfast because a lot of you find a lot of parents that uh, don't really have breakfast these days they might just have a coffee and a and a, and a biscuit or a coffee and a, and a and a piece of toast or something or other yeah. which is not breakfast and breakfast is the single most important meal that you will eat all day it's true and when you don't model that to your children you set your children up from for a lifetime of ill health yeah or poor health yeah um and so it's great that Okay, in the absence of uh, of parents that often don't model, and of course this is you know taking the pressure off parents, I get that, but it's also modelling something really positive for the kids. Uh, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. You need to have breakfast, and you're going to get breakfast. Yeah, that for me personally was a habit that I never used to do. I never used to eat breakfast. I was the same through high school. I just didn't eat breakfast. I mean, occasionally I'd have like a warm drink or a tea or a Milo or something before school, and that was kind of it. Like I would never actually eat anything for breakfast. Um, until I did some research and I looked into like breakfast yeah, is actually, like- I know that we say, oh yeah, breakfast is the most important meal, but like it actually is. Uh-huh. Like I did a little bit of research into, you know, what I'm eating and how I should be looking after my body and how I should be doing health. And I'm like, man, I should eat breakfast. Like the benefits <laughs> are like insane more than I understood. So yes. yeah, it's really, really cool what these teachers and the community are doing for the kids. It's funny how human beings will often do things the wrong way around. You have a big meal in the evening. So mm. you feel yourself full of energy to then go and sleep. To go and sleep. Yeah. And then you wake up in the morning and all that energy you've now just turned into, you know, things that you don't want it to turn into while you've been sleeping. Yeah. And now you need energy to get into your day. And so you skip having breakfast. So you don't have any energy to get into it and you wonder why you're feeling flat. And nobody's like, oh, I'm not a morning person. I, you know, I really struggle to do, you know, I have no uh-huh, energy in the mornings uh-huh. and it takes me forever to wake up. I'm like, well, you didn't eat, did you? You don't That's eat right. breakfast. Of course, like, you're, of course you're feeling flat in the morning. Lethargic what do you and you've got no energy because, you know, body's And then you have people like, oh, I experimented with it. It didn't, didn't work for me. What did you do it for? Like a month? That's not an experiment. You know how long it takes to like break a habit or work in a new habit? How long? It's like 28 days. Oh, there you go. Until it actually like kicks in for you. Well, there you go. So that's why a month. You got to do it for at least a month before you actually before yeah, you can before break you the even habit. Start to feel the positive effects that you're going to then uh, be able to share for the rest of your life. Yeah. So this true. is the breakfast show. This is the breakfast, and there's a reason. So have some breakfast. <laughs> we got sort of way off 
track there, but we did a it's little a bit, bit of a rant. I have a random story for you. Okay, it's a little little one, but it's a bit of a random one. I thought it was amazing. So, a fifty-year-old letter in a bottle was found on the shores of oh, Alaska. I love these stories, right? And it's amazing. Fifty okay? years old. Yeah, how do you even need? Years old. It's been in a glass bottle, <laughs> floating around in the ocean, and the ink is still legible. I mean, how does? Yeah, this, even this work? is amazing. Okay, so the guy that found it. Um, was gathering firewood near a like, oh, shore, right? Yep, and driftwood. Then, yep, driftwood. Yep, yep. Um, and he stumbles across the bottle and he opens it up and it's in Russian. Okay. And he can't read Russian. Cyrillic. So he posts it on Facebook and he says, hey, anybody out there, speak Russian, translate this for me. Um, so they did and um, it got some... Like you said, it's really interesting. Everybody loves these kind of stories. So, it got some traction and uh, basically it got to the Russian network and uh, reporters from a Russian network tracked down the original writer of the letter because he had signed it on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, his name and signature was on the bottom and they contacted him. He's still alive and they contacted him and he, when he found out, he was super skeptical. He was like, (laughs) there is no, like, this is a prank. There is no way that you actually found my letter because he did put a letter in a bottle and threw it over because he... Uh, was working aboard a ship between 1966 and 1970 were the years that he was serving on that ship uh, as the captain. And he wrote a letter, put it in a bottle, threw it overboard. 50 years later, it washes up on shore in Alaska. That uh, adds a new definition to snail mail. It, yeah. <laughs> it took a long time to get there. But yeah, so when he was confronted with it, he got a copy. He got shown a copy of the letter with his handwriting. And it's just him talking about uh, his work and his life on the ship and what he's been doing. And he signed the bottom of it. And when he saw it, he nearly burst into tears. He was like, I can't believe it survived this long. Yeah. And like somebody actually found it. That's amazing. I thought it was really, and really cool. World, and in a world of social media, you can actually track down the person who wrote <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that's amazing, right? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's very, very cool. Uh, there's some cool random things that happen around our world. Have you ever thrown a bottle overboard with a letter in it? Um, probably not such a good idea these days because we don't want to pollute our oceans. But if you ever have and that letter's ever come back, we would love to hear your story here on The Breakfast Show. I like the Christian life. My buddies tell me that I should wait it. They say I'm missing a whole world of fun But I am happy and I sing with pride I like the Christian To walk in the light 
Listening to the Lower Lights, the Christian Life here on the Breakfast Show. You're with Gemma and myself, Lyle. We have come to the part of the show where we are going to cover some more serious subjects. But before we do, we have another clue for our quiz. The next clue for the What Am I quiz is: God said He would use Nebuchadnezzar to put an end to the sound of this entire. Oh my goodness! Yeah. That is just so obscure. Yeah. You should have done that clue. That should be the first clue. That's like the really hard one. I would never I have the first one was a little bit more easier than the second clue. Yeah, I was like, yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, they've got two clues now. You've got you two do. clues. That's right. You could figure this out. Hey, do some research. Get some bragging rights. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call or text us on 0491-064-669. Gemma's going to dig a prize out of the prize box here in just a moment and tell you all about it. But before that, I promised we were going to talk about the Red Mass. Yes, ever since you mentioned it, I'm like, what is that? What is the Red Mass? The Red Mass was held in Melbourne yesterday. Okay. Um, And so it is not a mass of things. It is a mass service. I'm not sure why it's called the... Why do Roman Catholics call their church service the Mass? Maybe I need to look that one up. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, the Red Mass... Um, was promoted by the Victorian Bar Association, and it is for lawyers and judges. Huh. So basically what they do is once a year, um, they invite all the lawyers and judges from across Australia, and particularly in this case in Victoria, to come to a special mass, which Mm -hmm. is a special uh, blessing that is said upon them, and then they get to have uh, afternoon tea with the Archbishop. Wow. So wow. this is interesting. Okay. So this raises right. a bunch of interesting okay. questions. First of all, Why? is this a is this an, an issue of separation of church and state? And the first thing that goes through my mind is not necessarily. Yeah. Is it you know, is it a separation of church and state issue? Not necessarily, but quite possibly. Hmm. Okay, so it's a little bit like this. Let's say that uh, at your church at Raymond Terrace you decide to have a church service in which you are going to feature and do a blessing, say, on all housewives. Right. Or garbage collectors. Right. Is there anything wrong with that? Not necessarily. There's nothing morally wrong with that at all. It's a nice thing to do for a certain portion of your community. The thing that goes through my mind is, this is a tradition that has been around since the 13th century. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, So it's definitely medieval. Mm. The medieval era was an era in which... General corruption was the norm. Mm. And so doing nice things for the judiciary was just simply a part of that general corruption of the era. You know, it was it was different times back then. And so should we be continuing medieval practices that kind of look corrupt? 
You know, because like the judiciary gets invited for a special blessing, but the housewives and the garbos don't. So, yeah. so the question that goes through your mind is, well, why did they choose the judiciary to bless? Yeah, and we, not the others. Yeah. So, what's special about them? How come exactly? Yeah. You know, and that that sort of the moment that you ask that question, it looks super dodgy. Yeah, a little bit. As soon as you're like, well, why them and no one else? Then you're like, it's like, oh, those are the ones that are going to be dealing with me if I get into trouble and I end up in court. Those are the ones that I need to be good friends with. Those, you know, I don't need to worry about the garbos. True. I don't need to worry about the housewives. Because here's the thing. If you ever have trouble with the garbos or the housewives, who would you go to? Exactly. You go to the judiciary. So why and not so start looks, at the top, right? It looks really, really corrupt. Now, there is nothing in and of itself wrong in having a special service to bless any particular portion of society. Yeah. And I think it's a nice thing to do to have a special service to bless a particular portion of society. But when one is singled out... And it is kind of the most powerful portion of society, then that looks like lobbying. I feel like it's like like I said before, like it's kind of okay, but I feel like your intentions behind why you're selecting that group is the problem. That's right. Because if you're selecting, you know, to have that special blessing for, you know, people that collect garbage because you want to bless them because the job they do isn't that fun, like that's great. But if you're choosing to, you know, bless like the important people because you're gonna Because you know, they're important. Because they yeah. no, not because they're important, but because they are powerful. Mm. The that intention looks bad. behind this is that a really yeah. bad look, and then of course you hold it in the cathedral. Mm, yeah. That is a crime scene where George Pell did rape two boys. Wow, that looks that's that's a really bad it look. Doesn't this is look like, so good. It's like guys, what are you doing? I mean, seriously, just because it's been around since the 13th century doesn't need to mean you do, need to do it in 2020. There are lots of things that happened in the 13th century that, that we, don't we would do no longer do. We could leave that one where it was. Yeah, I think so. Um, so you got to ask yourself, you know, what, what what's the actual purpose here? You know, um, why is the why is the judicial sing- system singled out over and above um, everybody else? Anyway, so senior lawyer and commentator David Whiting has said that uh, yes, we understand that the Catholic Church has stuffed up, you know, in relationship to um, handling handling child related matters. Um, but the church and the state need to work together. Now, I agree with that. Mm. They don't need to be a part of each other, but they need to cooperate together. Yeah, definitely. Part of that cooperation is the church reporting to the state the illegal things that take place within the church. Yes. Being mandatory reporters. And, of course, all churches in Australia are mandatory reporters of child sex offences, except for the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah, I was going to say, hang on a second, but, like, if somebody confesses to a priest, the priest doesn't have to come forward and confess, do they? That's right. There is is an exception Mm. for the Roman Catholic Church on this particular point, and that makes it look ten times bad. And when you call, okay, when you call, you know, raping children... Mm. A stuff up? <laughs> yeah, nah. Question? Nah, that's the wrong terminology. Oh, very, very. That's 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 you know. And when you've got you know how many hundreds of children have grown up to broken lives and committed suicide because of the things that have been done against them that were not reported to the state. Yeah. You know, they're saying that this is a great opportunity for the for the state and the church to, you know, to work together. Well, that's not what it's produced over the last, 
you know, 700 years that this has been mm. happening, it's produced the exact opposite. It's produced protection for the church. Yeah. And it's created a system that is corrupt and that is, you know, definitely out of date in 2020. Um, you know, and, and this is this is an organization that is, you know, that is uh, um, overseen the repeated, you know, rape of children over months, over years. You don't go around calling that just a stuff up. You actually do something about it. And, of course, the things that they really need to do about it is they need to focus on bringing in mandatory reporting for everyone and not making an exception just for the Roman Catholic Church. And, of course, they're going to be meeting for, you know, uh, afternoon tea with Archbishop Comenselli, who has publicly stated it and gone on the record that if the laws do change and his church is required to be a mandatory reporter like every other church out there, yeah. that he will choose to become a criminal. What? And break Australian law because he is a citizen of Australia and the Vatican, and he will place Vatican law over Australian law. What? Now, that what? to me, I can understand somebody who, you know, in, in, in countries where there are restrictions on the religious liberty and so forth, I understand that you need to place your conscience first and foremost above everything else. Yeah, but then there's just general morals. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right? It's like, not like I'm like yeah. Okay. Sure. Like, but then there's a right and a wrong. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh, mm. You know, this is a this is a tradition. This is not a mandate by God. This is yeah. something that, that that this particular church. You know, it's part of their tradition. I get that. Um, it's been a part of their tradition for a very very long time. Is that time, the only reason that the Catholic that. Church is the only church that aren't mandatory reporters? That is the only because reason. of that tradition. Because of that tradition, which it's is not why something... which is why all other churches have mandatory. Like you have to report. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because there's no there's no there's no command in scripture. Yeah. This yeah. Is that's there's no it. command yeah. in scripture. Yep. It's just a tradition of that church. Right. And so no other church gets it because they don't have it. As we their don't tradition. follow that tradition. Yeah. Okay. That's right. And if there was a command in Scripture in relationship to you, you must go to a priest and confess, well, that would change then everything. all yeah. churches would be in the same boat. Except but it's not, not a command of Scripture. No. God didn't make that command because if God had made that command, he would have set up a system that has ended up abusing children as it, it, it has. God, you know, God's like, no, if you see criminal activity, you need to, you need to dob people in um, and you need to report that. And so this is something that they can easily get rid of. Well, you know, there might be some stiff objection to it, but it is something that they are not stuck to as a biblical mandate and they need to get rid of it. Anyway, this is something that I do tend to rant on about occasions, but I do care for our children. This is Hilary Scott and the Scott family. I believe that you are God alone. Sometimes I still try to take control Cause I get scared when I can't see the end And all you want from me is to let go You're parting waters, making a
before I bring my need Cause there's no fear you've not already seen I rest my heart on all your promises Cause I have seen and know your faithfulness You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Right across Australia joining us in the studio once again is the Health Director for our church in the uh, North New South Wales region of Australia, uh, Camilla Scaff. Camilla, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Super excited to be talking about health. Last time that you were here, we talked about um, how dieting is a bit of a bad idea. It's lifestyle change that we want to look at. And when it comes to eliminating, to only eliminate bad stuff, don't be eliminating things that uh, the Bible says are good for you. Uh, What are we talking about today? So, yes, we basically want to go through all the items that were the top New Year resolutions for 80% of Australians, which I believe would be relevant for our listeners. But before we get into that, because when we talk about goals, Lyle, I feel like so many times... Um, I might be speaking with someone who's felt like they failed their New Year resolution last year. That they had like, goals. yeah, why bother this year? Failed last year. That's right. They started strong. And actually research, like I mentioned last time, shows that only 7% will actually accomplish their goals. That's a very small That's percentage. super discouraging. It is. So it's kind of like starting the year, looking at this reality and thinking, that's it. It's not even worth to bother looking for a goal. And so I wanted to encourage you because um, I felt like this year I start, I don't know if you felt like this, but I felt like my break was very small. And when I started the year, I felt like, oh, where did my holiday go? (laughs) Absolutely. Did you feel that (laughs) Uh way? You have no idea. It was like, I blinked, I missed it. What happened? I'm back at work again. And 
and you hit the floor running. Hit the floor. At least, at least I get to come on uh, the breakfast show and talk to all of the wonderful people who That's listen right. to the breakfast show. That's a blessing. But there might be people out there who are just really discouraged and they don't even want to think about having a goal. So I have a message that I brought here that spoke to me um, in one of my morning devotions this early this year when I was asking Jesus to give me hope and to give me strength and to inspire me to be happy and to really uh, believe that I can accomplish my goals. But not only that, that I was asking for Jesus to make my agenda for the year rather than me just trying to find things that um, I wanted to do, but I wouldn't be able to accomplish. And one of the verses that I read is in Matthew 11, chapter uh, chapter 11, verse 29. And it says, it's a very well-known verse. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye, you shall find rest unto your souls. Rest. This is one of the New Year resolution for most of Australians as well, Australians. And in my mind, I was just thinking, I just want some more rest. And I realized that rest is not only to do with your physical rest, just by laying on the beach and drinking coconut water. Sounds nice. Like Brazilians like to do. Uh I personally do. But rest, also emotional rest. And just kind of trying to take the pressure pressure from yourself of performing, of doing this and doing being that. And I feel like there's um, the current society that we live today and we ourselves, we put too much pressure and what you should do and what you should be. And perhaps it comes from also like social media and just seeing everyone's got a good life. Then why am I, is my life not working? And um, I feel like Jesus is inviting me and it's inviting you to rest, to take our yoke, take our burdens and take all of our heavy thoughts or whatever is cluttering um, your creativity and give it to Jesus. Give it to God because he's promising here that he will give you rest. Is that what you want? And I think this is one of the most relevant things for us here in Australia because we're working longer hours, we're working more difficult hours, we're we're working, you know, rotating shifts where we are working, you know, late at night, we have interrupted rest, we have screens that are, so many things that are interrupting our rest all the time. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, you 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 think about it right now. How well rested did you feel last night? How refreshed were you this morning? And if you're listening to the show today, my question to you is, is this something that you could use more of or better quality of? I'd be surprised if there's anyone out there can call up and say, you know, hey, I get the perfect amount of rest and I wake up just jumping out of bed every morning. That's right. And maybe they can give us some tips. Mm. I actually would love to hear from our listeners what are, if we are, if there's something that is a, a new resolution or goals or even tips on how to accomplish those goals, to call us up and to share with us and um, even share uh, things that you would like to hear more about it. Yeah, um, I for thought sure. of us also um, mentioning that a lot of people and myself included, sometimes I feel like, oh, I don't have anything heavy. Like you could be some people out there that are just feeling oh, my life is being a breeze, really, like maybe you're retired or maybe you just need something more. But in terms of um, 
feeling the need and um, heavy, weary and heavy laden. Um, Ellen White actually mentions in the uh, Ministry of Healing book that uh, whether we know it or not, we are all weary and heavy laden. And that all of us should be getting that weight that is down on our shoulders and give it to Jesus. And in, in Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 6, it says, The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Because we live in a world of sin and because we carry the burden of sin, no matter how happy you are and how perfect your life is going, there is something there that you can lay it out to Jesus. And I, I guess that's what I want to invite everyone to do. And we're going to be talking about some practical tips on how we can all accomplish our goals and we can all be healthier this year, whether it's doing more fitness work or eating better or sleeping better, um, traveling and doing things, investing on our relationships. I feel like it's very easy to plan and to dream and to say, that's what I'm going to do. But without laying it on Jesus' arms, we won't be able to accomplish. We're just going to be a part of the statistics and we're going to be, yeah, frustrated at the end. And if I could uh, just throw a, a tip in there while we're talking about rest and the need for rest and um, how we can maintain these goals, and that is very, very simply Become a part of a local church. And you know why this is? We have a stressful life. We have, we're Australians. We have a stressful week. And what we actually need, and God knows that we need this, you need to have a circuit breaker in the middle of the week where that flick, that, that, that switch just flicks and you've got a day of rest and you don't, a, a day where you don't think about any of your stress, a day where you worship with other people and you become a part of a community that can support you in your particular goals, whatever those goals might be, but you've got a community that's got, got your back and got you, and is there to support you. That's right. And um, actually, this is what it's like. You were almost stealing my thunder. Oh, track. sorry. Yes, um, I'm because running Because it's on the little list of things that I brought. Actually, a friend of mine, Dr. Sella, he, um, he went through you know, some research and he found out ways of us keeping a healthy lifestyle, but really accomplishing our goals of who we want to be. Um, in this new year. And the number one is to um, start with small goals. What can you actually do today or tomorrow? Instead of thinking big things that are too hard to accomplish, start with small ones and be really specific. Like if you want to just like do more fitness, what exactly you want to do? Do you want to walk 10 minutes a day? You want to walk around the corner? Just kind of be really specific about it. And just one what you say, to look for support. Um, the latest research is talking about if you are involved with a community of health that is looking to have a healthy living, you're more prompt to succeed in being a healthy person. And the opposite is also true. People that have been spending a lot of time with unhealthy people with unhealthy habits, they tend to follow into that path as well. So as you mentioned, there are churches, there are groups of people that are giving that support, but not because they are perfect, because they know better, but because they're doing that journey together. And that's what health is all about, is building a community of trust and that people that are looking for the same goal, similar mission, and they walk in that together. 
That's amazing. And I think some people sort of have a bit of a barrier like, oh, yeah, I'm not really good enough to go along and become a part of one of those communities. But the thing is the community is there. It's designed to give everybody support because as human beings, we're all broken in some way. That's right. Um, and we all share that together. And when you can share it together in a community, and you've got to remember that when you head along to that community, you're not going to be any better or worse than anybody else that's there. You're just going to be there and human and broken and gaining the support that you need by being a part of you know, that particular uh, community, whatever it might be. Yeah. And in the past, people, I mean, I some people today have prejudice because when they grew up or when they were younger, they tried to belong to a church. And um, they felt like they were judged or they didn't feel welcomed. For some reason, it didn't work out. But I would say give it a try again because people are changing. And I feel like this new new church, I would say, the awakening church, is coming to the reality that nobody's perfect. That we're all getting into a journey together. And I would say I'm finding our churches and Christian church is a lot more embracing these days. Very rare that I find a judgmental church these days. That's very, right. very rare. Yeah. But a lot of people that have had bad experiences, they have that sort of um, like a prejudice and they might not want to try again. So wouldn't you encourage yeah, but try somewhere to- try somewhere else. You know, just because right. you had a bad experience in one church, you can have a bad experience in a football club or a cricket club or a car club or anything like that. But it doesn't mean that all football clubs or cricket clubs or car clubs are bad. Yes. Go and try another one. And the, the other thing is to just if you've put a goal that is too hard and you started, it's okay to be flexible and change it. One of the things I found out about myself last year, Lyle, is that uh, my personal style is that I'm unstructured and task oriented. Now, a lot of people that know me, they think, no, 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 you're super organized because unstructured. Yeah, has yeah, to yeah. I was just trying to figure that one out myself. As well, because task-oriented, yes, that's definitely Camilla. Unstructured, okay. That's right. And I think it's spot on. And it helped me to understand why certain things happen. Because I'm like, why can I be so organized sometimes with work? But then in my personal life, everything is like crazy. And it's always last minute. I'm always late. Why? And I was thinking, something wrong with me. But there are different personal styles. So, for example... I am more flexible and I need to allow myself for flexibility. Otherwise, I'll be constantly stressed out. So I need to live in that. And luckily, my husband is unstructured as well. So we're not like kind of like driving each other crazy. But interesting enough, he's people oriented. So he's more focused in relationships and the food can be burning. But if his friend is talking with him in the backyard, he's going to forget about it. And (laughs) I am more like... Let's cook. We've got to have a meal. So understanding your personal style is also important and understanding that sometimes you can allow yourself to be flexible and you can change your goals along the way. It's not because you established something in the beginning that you're going to die for that. You can always adjust. Um, And lastly, because we're talking about just top five, is to align your new year resolutions or your goals and things that you want to spend more time and focus with in regards to health with your long-term goals. We are here in this world and we all want to be healthier and happy. We want to enjoy life, but ultimately we're all on a journey to heaven and we want to join Jesus and our father God in that beautiful place. So maybe We want to do more exercise or eat better or sleep or work less, whatever it is. 
in order to be more useful in our community? How can I ease up my time? Not because I want to just be laying on the beach by myself, but maybe I can be part of somebody else's solution. Maybe I can just start a group of walking on the beach. And so I'm getting my exercise and I'm driving people along and inspiring other people to join me. So this is going to be my appeal for today. And I would say the first task for us all to think of accomplishing. Because when we're doing things for ourselves, um, it's great, but at some point you might lose the focus and motivation. When you're doing things in community, whether it's with your church friends or with your neighbors, your friends, your family, I'm sure that when you're feeling a little bit down, just because you overslept, overate, you're tired, whatever it is, there will be somebody else to pick you up and say, let's do it. I'm going to help you today. Yeah, absolutely. It makes all the difference in the world when there is uh, somebody that can give you that kind of support. I know I've been there many times and, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm just not feeling motivated for that. And somebody comes along and like, yep, we're doing it. Let's go. It's like, okay, you pulled my arm, you twisted my arm and then you get into it and then you really enjoy it and it becomes amazing. So, yes. So I would say this is the practical thing. What is the one thing? that you want to start doing with someone. Okay, Camilla Scaff, thank you so much for joining us here on uh, The Breakfast Show today. We thank look you. forward to hearing more installments in this particular series. Right now we'll be going to a song break, followed by the music, followed by the news, I should say, followed by Encounter with God. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Bind us together, Lord, bind us together With cords that cannot be broken Bind us together, Lord, bind us together, Lord, bind us together with
Are you looking for a way to turn your life experience into an enriching gift for helping those around you? A counselling degree at Avondale College of Higher Education could provide you a great foundation to assist others through life's difficulties. Study in a personalised environment alongside a fantastic support network and community on our Lake Macquarie campus. Apply to study counselling today at counselling.avondale.edu.au. It's higher education designed for life. Love is and I want it. I know what love is and I need it so. When I'm depressed, I get tired. I think that's just the way I've been wired. I know how it speaks, I know how it treats me. I know it's touch and I need it so much. I know it's smile, I know the look in its eyes. I know that it's patient, I know that it's kind. I know what love is and I need it so When I'm deprived I get tired I think that's just the way I feel wired I know it believes, I know the hope that it sees I know it will give its life for me I know its voice and what is lovely to me Though nothing stronger it sounds like a melody and I need you, love And I miss you, love How I need you, love And I miss you, love Tell me, how do we let you go? 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 Let you go. How did we let you go? How did we let you go? 